The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. You're listening to the Let Him Cook Podcast, fueled by Cody Road from the Wild Rose Casino Studios. I'm your host, Dylan Kuhn. Joined alongside me is Nigel Dyson. Nigel, quick question for you. I know here, high school football, we're, we're going to the Unidome uh, this past week and the coming weekend. What is, what's on the, on the docket for a sports reporter in, in Louisiana this time of year? Um, we're, we're, we're kind of delayed in football season, I'd say, because just because just we, we had the bye week, so a lot of teams get that, you know, that kind of free week off in the middle of the season. Um, and then on top of it, you got Jamborees at the beginning of the year. So, like, everything is kind of delayed compared to Iowa. Like, I I constantly, like, point out how, like, quick you guys were done with football season. Yeah. And, you know, we have yet to, like, by the time we'll be at State, <clears throat> excuse me, it'll be, I think, like, early December. Yeah. Like, State Championship will be, like, December 7th, I believe. So I mean, it's just weather oriented too. It just it's nicer, longer. Like it's gonna snow. Like it, I'm shocked it hasn't snowed six inches yet. So right, yeah, no, and that's the thing too. Like there's just like not much of a rush to get done. I know in Iowa, like you want to kind of be done by November because it's just freezing, you know, by those those weeks. So I mean, I'm I'm sure it's probably already freezing uh, now. So I think it's more so just like they're in a rush to be done before it gets too cold and unbearable to be outside, but um, yeah, no, it's just, I, I would say just delayed. Uh, other than that, it's pretty much the same. I mean, um, competitive football, nonetheless, and you know, people, people down South, you know, they love their football. So it's a, uh, it's uh should be a fun tournament this, uh, this year. Nigel, put some respect on Iowa, please. The real feel right now is 69 out. Wow. Nice. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Nice I'm the Iowa. Getting colder outside, it stays a balmy 72 degrees in Hilton all year round. And coming off of, I would say it's 3-0, two, again, kind of routes the past week. We're going to start with Lindenwood. And Nigel, I want to open this up to you. We were kind of joking during this game, and I said Keenan Cole looks like the only guy that, you know, should even be on this court playing Iowa State right now. The rest of the guys were really having a tough time. You actually know Keenan Cole going back from high school. Yeah, no. Shout out to my guy Keenan Cole, uh, fifth year uh, senior. Actually played at Iowa State too, um, in twenty nineteen, fall of twenty nineteen, when uh, Halliburton was still on the team, and he was a f- true freshman. Um, and you know they got killed then too. So he's not. This isn't uh, a, a new feeling to him. He just was like, look, I'm gonna go out there and get mine. So hey, respect to respect to my guy Keenan Cole. Um, he had quite the game himself, but you know, just not enough for uh, the Lindenwood Lions, to say the least. Yeah, one of the few highlights for the Lions. Uh, oh yeah. The, I will say that game was thirty to twenty-two in the first half, and then Iowa State went on a seventy-two to twenty-five run. Yeah, I mean they, that is nuts. I mean Lipsy was unreal. Like yeah. you, we we talked about just like him being less aggressive, uh, less afraid to shoot all those shots. You really saw it on display against Lindenwood. I mean, he was just at, a, at his confidence was at an all time high, and he was getting to the rack with such ease. You know, it just everything looked like it was slowed down, kind of like we talked about how he, a lot of things looked for him in high school. And if we can get in late January with him playing like that, I mean, the the Big Twelve's in trouble. 
Yeah, 21 points. I believe that's his career high. I feel like mm. I remember them saying that it was his career high. Eight for 11 from the field. Again, had a three-point shot, four for five from the free throw line, and then seven assists on top of that. So, yeah, a maestro game from Taman Lipsy. Um, Momchilovic came in hot again, 17 points. He scored in double digits in all three of these first games. Um, shot three for seven from the three-point line, couple rebounds. Um and then Keyshawn Gilbert, ultra aggressive, and we've seen that throughout. He is looking to get downhill with that quick first step at as many times as he can. Um, this game, though, like late in the second half, it felt like someone needed to step in and throw the throw the white towel. Like it was getting to the point where I was like, "This is getting ugly. Like this is getting like I'm starting to feel bad. Like I mean, it felt like we were running up the score. I don't know what else to do. Like you got to take sh the shots you get, but it, it was almost too easy against Lyndon Wood. Yeah, I think sometimes too, and, and especially these uh, these what I'd like to call tune-up games, um, it can get out of hand fast. So I mean, it, it's it's really about making sure your rotation guys, you know, get those proper reps, and then at at some point, you know, you got to start putting Cade Kelderman and, and Conrad in the game. And, and, you know, they both got, uh, got some, some tick today, uh, tick, excuse me. They both got some tick in that game. So I, that was good to see. And um, I think you got to just know that, you know, TJ knows that going in, like I'm probably going to play everybody today. Yeah. So let's just try to make the most out of everyone's minutes. And uh, I think they did that. I want to throw this stat by you. I was, I was doing some, just true basketball sicko. I've been on Ken Palm all morning. I've been on NCAA stats.com. Iowa State has forced more turnovers throughout three games than the opposing teams have made field goals from the field. So you are more likely, if you're taking the ball up against Iowa State right now, you're more likely to commit a turnover than to make a shot. That's that, that's a great situation to be in. But that, that's wild. I mean, that's just that's just insane because it's like if you can keep that level of, of intensity pretty much this entire out-of-conference season going into January, I mean, the advantage Hilton is going to be this year, it, it's it's going to be special. I think we we already had that natural advantage given um, that our fans are so passionate, they're so loud. Um, God forbid we don't like you. Um, we're just not going to let you hear the end of it. I mean, you guys, you remember how we how we did Tyrese Hunter last year. Um, you know, the the the... Hilton, Hilton's, Hilton's special already. So, you know, you add that 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 high level of, of defense intensity and Lord knows if that team will come out in one piece. Uh, turnover margin. We heard kind of early in the season, you know, this team should be better on offense, might take a step back on defense. I, I get these first three teams. They're not high octane offenses, but the defense doesn't look like it skipped a beat really. Yeah, um, I don't see it. Iowa State's third in the country in turnover margin. Turnover margin basically looks at how often do you turn the ball over and how often do you force the other team to turn the ball over. So we have turned the other team over 62 times. We've only had 21 turnovers all season. Um, and then we, this is kind of a weird stat. You have Purdue Fort Wayne in front of us and Kansas City, the Kangaroos um, down there in front of us. But Again, I know it's weird. Like a lot of times, if you just don't turn the ball over at all, you get a really good turnover margin. That's the case for both those teams. But um, like I expect us to be near the top in turnover margin, rebounding margin, we're suffering a little bit, and then scoring margin, I think we're top five again. So not only have we just blown the brakes off of all three of these teams, but the defense has looked 
super intense. Ken Palm has us as, I want to say it was top five. Let me see. Yeah, we're the third best defense, according to Ken Palm so far. So the defense has been stalwart, and, I, and the offense has looked better. But I think this narrative, at least so far, that the defense might take a step back. I mean, we're on passing lanes constantly. We're, we're doubling as soon as the ball gets in the post. The, these long arms and this athleticism that our roster has, I think our defense might be a little better than people originally thought. Um, are you seeing anything defensively that you think might carry over to, a, a you know, once we get into the Big 12 play, once we play better teams? Uh, yeah, I, I think, too. Like, it's just TJ has done a good job preparing everyone to almost go out there and defend a Green Bay how you would defend Kansas. Right. Like, it doesn't matter who we're playing. Go out there, and the standard is a standard. So then by the time you get to a a, a late Thanksgiving tournament or late, uh, excuse me, late December game against maybe Baylor um, going into the new year, none of that is brand new. Like, none of that playing hard. Like, that's the expectation. And when that's the expectation, when you're used to doing that already, I feel like only good things can come out of that. And, you know, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be second nature to, I guess, pretty much play your butt off and then come in those big moments. It, it's it's not going to take as much out of you when you need those big stops, those big uh, moments on defense. So like you said, I don't think I haven't seen much uh, go away from the defensive end. I think I, I don't, I don't think TJ is going to be able to sleep at night knowing that his team can't defend. And right. I, I think he's going to do whatever it takes to get that out of them. And I think he's already gotten that out of him out of them early on this year. I do have one question though for you because we talk we talk about how solid everyone is defensively. Coming into the year, I was very skeptical because I was I didn't know that Milan was going to start. But on top of it, I didn't know he could move that well on defense. Mm-hmm. Like I I'm very impressed with his closeouts. Like he's able to close out ba- get back excuse me get back on balance and like stay with his man almost all the time. Do you think that's kind of the advantage that puts him maybe over Omaha in the starting that starting four position? I, I, his offense, obviously, I think his ability to stretch the floor at the height he is. And I've heard him say it in kind of post game interviews like going up against Iowa State's defense in practice for five months, like it, it's kind of like taking a donut off of a bat, like with practice up swings. Like as soon as you get out there and you're playing Green Bay's defense, and now you're trying to score over someone who's not Trey King, things just kind of flow easily for him because he's he's been used to getting hounded by the third best defense in the country all summer. And he's like, oh, this is a lot easier now than it was in, in July and August. So um, I, I think just his offensive prowess. But yeah, like you said, on defense, he looks ma- like you don't have to hide him on defense, essentially. Like you're not going to have to... I don't think teams are going to be able to be like, okay, let's switch on the screen until we get Milan, you know, guarding our best guard. Um, I, I don't think you're going to see that as much. And I, I truly think though, his, he had even like a spin jumper top of the key, like the dude's nasty with it. I mean, he is just a threat from anywhere on the court on the offensive side. Yeah. So, and, and it's crazy. Cause like, I was like, Oh, we actually have a stretch big, but this guy is hitting dirt whiskey yeah. level shots consistently, right. like out of the post off the catch. And in transit, like he's got it all. So I, I, I've just been very impressed with um, what he's shown so far, and his ability to defend was like le- raising my level of uh, being impressed already. So very, uh, very excited to what he's going to be able to continue to bring for uh, the Cyclones this year. 
And I will say we've seen those first two games. We shot really well from three. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I didn't know how, if that was going to be able to hold up throughout the whole season. And against Idaho State, we only shot, I think, four of 13 from three-point land. Still won by, you know, 31 points. Um, but I think it's encouraging that we're not going to live and die by the three ball. We, we are going to be able to, you know, beat these teams by 30 with or without the three-point ball. Um, you know, looking at Idaho State, I think Trey King had a great first half. I mean, he kind of was the motor in that first half. I think you sent me this TikTok. I was trying to remember this morning. When guys, like, just let their hair go, like, they just grow that shit out, they just become, it's like a different persona. And he, he looked like 2004 Ben Wallace out there with the afro. Oh, yeah. Speak to the, you know, what is that? The, he just looked kind of like he had a different kind of energy to him, I think, against Idaho State. Yeah, I think... Well, I think too, just like you, you start to, you start to kind of gain quickly the identity that what the team is this year. And I think Trey is the kind of guy who can, you know, older guys can, can, they can figure out how to plug themselves in to any situation quicker. I feel like um, Trey is going to find his spots a lot easier right now than maybe Omaha would, you know, but I think it's also just a testament to, the the standard that the older guys are now setting yeah. in the program i think when it's, it's not just trey when you when you say that like he he's doing a phenomenal job um um in his role but also i think of rob rob has been fantastic i mean, I mean in games that don't matter he's still playing his butt off and he's doing things the right way because it's just setting that standard that they need to continue going into the rest of the year and then of course Taman, you know I, again he, he's not the oldest guy in the room but he he sure looks like it sometimes when he just can control the whole game with his pace and his patience and then also his just ability to be, to be aggressive on the offensive end. I'm seeing kind of a pattern and I want to I know it's early in the season, a big 3 of Taman Lipsy, Keyshawn Gilbert and Trey King. Those three guys just kind of, you know, whether it's scoring, they just kind of seem to be the leaders of this team. Is there, I, I think Milan is going to be like an excellent X factor. Like I, he could lead the team in scoring some nights, but I think those three guys are kind of the the leaders, the keys to success as this season goes along. Yeah, Gilbert's been so impressive. And, and it's like the more I see him play, the more I just see John Moran in a Cyclone uniform. Yeah. I mean, his ability to get to the rack, he can shoot the wide open shots. You know, he, he's just so good. And I think he's going to do wonders for us. I think. At times, he's going to be a bit more explosive than maybe Holmes was. And that's no diss to Holmes. Holmes was phenomenal for us for the time he's with us. But I just think he's going to be really special. And I think playing along Taman is going to be extremely helpful for him, especially when it comes to scoring the ball. And his ability to get downhill and finish through contact. I mean, he's had a lot of and ones already. And yeah, I think he's like the perfect backcourt match with Taman because Lipsy, I mean, he had a great game. I think he is getting more aggressive but Keyshawn's never going to be scared to shoot the ball. Like that guy, mm. he loves scoring. That is what his MO is. And I think that's just a good yin and yang backcourt, at least so far, to have Lipsy kind of the ultimate ball mover, rebound, hustle, kind of, you know, dictate this offense and then just let Keyshawn go. Just let him cook, uh, so to speak. Could you imagine, like, I know a lot, a lot of bigs, you know, they, they want to wall up and, I just I, I I feel very bad for any team's uh, five man who's just you know having to take you know straight shots to from Keyshawn and Taman all day because I mean they they bounce right off you and they're strong kids so yeah they're gonna they're gonna give a lot of big men uh 
uh, their work cut out for them. So uh, I, again, I'm, I'm so excited to see what those guys will be able to do long-term. And I think it's going to be really cool. We have yet to see kind of a breakout game for Omaha. And I think that's kind of the last thing that Iowa State fans are wanting in these tune-up games is, you know, let's see this five-star McDonald's All-American. Let's see what he's capable of. What do you think is either limiting him or what, what do you think it is that things haven't just clicked maybe as soon as it has for Momchilovich or the other newcomers? I, I've, try, I've been trying to think about this too because like I think maybe it might be, you know, Milan's good play right. right now. I think that might be, in a way, Omaha may, may not be trying to step on his toes and try to outshine him and I guess take away the moment like – Feed the hot hand, essentially. Like, if I'm, if you're hitting threes, why, why would I take away from your moment just to get mine? I mean, I think at the end of the day, Omaha's an unselfish kid, so he's gonna try to do what's best for the team. And I think that's kind of been, uh, not beat into his head, but it's kind of just been the standard at in in this program. So he's kind of, I think he's just trying to get in line. I think he, the little things right now probably mean a bit more to him, so that you know, if he's scoring, it's it's because the opportunity is there right in front of him. So I think. As he gets more comfortable with, you know, the standard of the program becoming second nature, I think he'll start to find himself in better scoring opportunities. And honestly, it, we could use this to our best advantage because, you know, it, it could get to the point where everyone's so dialed in on Milan or Milan gets in foul trouble we're in a game early. We toss in Omaha Blue, a five-star right. recruit who's an animal on defense and a freak athlete. I like my chances with that, you know. So maybe it's probably best he's not having – the most explosive start because he can essentially be maybe the best secret weapon in the big 12. So uh, who, I don't know if, again, that's like TJ's math, uh, like method to his madness. But, you know, I think if he just stays the course, I think he's going to find that day. I mean, it's, 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 it's bound to come. So I think it's just a, it's a matter of time. The one thing that's fascinating to me about mom Chilovich and Omaha is they're about the same size both mm -hmm. highly touted freshmen, but they play such different styles of basketball. Like Momchilovich's right. strength are going to be apparent in the box score. He's going to shoot really well from three. He's going to score points. But what Omaha does, I mean, he had two steals, one block. Uh, what I'm trying to say, Momchilovich, his, his box score is going to often look better than Omaha's, but that doesn't mean Omaha's not contributing to the team. It, they just do very different things. Right. The hustle is still there. The defense is there. The active, you know, in the passing lanes, the doubling down low, he's doing all of that. He's still bought in. Like, I don't think there's a reason to panic yet is essentially what I'm saying. He's still doing what he's good at. It's just not as flashy maybe as what Momchilovich has done so far. Yeah. Um, and, and you don't want to, like you said, like you don't want to step on Milan's toes. Right. You know, and I guess he's trying to let his bro cook, you know, and, and Milan's, it's he's he's been making Thanksgiving dinners lately. Yeah. So um he's he I think that's just a testament to his character that he's not all about him. Right. And I think in the long run, whether we have him for a year, two years, three years, I, who knows? But I mean, wh however long he's in a cycling uniform, we are getting a very unselfish player. And I'll take that any day of the week. And then another thing, especially this last game against Idaho State, Curtis and Robert Jones both looked really good off the bench. Uh, Curtis had 14 points. Jones had 12. 
Also, the other thing that's really uh, exciting to me is we've had, you know, four players in double digits almost every single game. And they've been different. It's not, it hasn't been the same four guys every time. So that is, you know, important, I think, as the season goes along, that you're not depending on the same two guys to step up every night and come through for you. You have different places you can go to get scoring on this team. Um, the only question I have, you know, what happens? I, it seems like we haven't been punched in the face yet. We haven't, you know, given up a 10-0 run, you know, unsurprisingly at some point because the teams were playing. But what happens when VCU, you know, goes up eight and now it's like we've never played from, you know, behind the eight ball before? How does this team respond to that? Um, I think with their ball pressure, I think yeah. it's something that you haven't had to show off uh, lately given the, the competition. But like we talked about back in episode one, I mean, the, the ability – that Hassan has to pick up full court. And like you say, the fact that they got to play VCU, my guy, if you're not taking that game personally, like, I don't know what will get you out of bed. Like personally, um, I think that'll be a great game for him to finally showcase like his, his uh, coming out party, I guess. Cause Hassan's had great games, but it's just more so of like the Omaha. He's just doing the little things correctly, but you know, may not have the most prolific scoring night or whatnot. So I think, I think what's going to get us out of that drought, God forbid, if we get into it, is going to be that ball pressure. Because between Ward, Gilbert, Lipsy, and then if – I've yet to see Milan move in a press, but considering how I see him move in the, in the half-court defense, good luck. It's going to be a long night because that, 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 that core group of four is uh, – they're long, they're quick, and they're explosive. So I think they're going to they're gonna give guys a difficult time. And we've seen teams already, you know, that have to take a timeout in the in the backcourt trying to move the ball up, or even we've seen a 10-second violation already too. So I I think, you know, that either like a trap or like just full-court pressure, I mean, it doesn't even have to be like a press, but just like making them work to get a, across half-court, I think really helps Iowa State with that length. Yeah, the, the sole idea of me just like imagining Hassan Ward picking me up full-court, I, I, the ball's going off my foot. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm calling a timeout and just telling coach sub sub someone else. I'm I might out. cry. Yeah. I mean, just, I might go sit down and reconsider playing this sport. So and he had, he has the potential for some really big highlight plays. He had like kind of, and not really a true chase down block, but just kind of like weak side guy thought he had an empty layup and Hassan just came out of nowhere and it was a foul, but he just, I mean, literally jumped out of the sky and blocked that sucker. And I was like, Oh, like, how did he recover that quickly? He has some real athleticism. Yeah. And again, th these are games that guys aren't trying to kill themselves over just to get, you know, a s one sole right. block. I mean, you're, you're trying to play hard, but also play smart. Cause you know, you got a lot more important games ahead of you, uh, especially coming in this month with Thanksgiving around the corner. So I think it's just like, these games are all just like showcasing, like just giving you a taste of the goods. And I think yeah. uh, right now the goods are good. And uh, it's looking it's looking very high going into Thanksgiving. I don't have a whole lot else on Idaho State or Lindenwood. I do have one flying shot in Connor Ferguson. Please take no offense to this. Our yellow uniforms, they've just they've never done it for me. I don't like the big I State logo. You like these ones? They're like our best uniform. Oh, I don't know, man. It kind of it reminds me of like the uh, T-shirt, like the NBA T-shirt jerseys, where like it was just like the 
huge logo and then they were just wearing like soccer uniforms it just it doesn't look no way you just compared the soccer nba jerseys to it's kind of the you got the big fat logo and you can't even read state because state's in yellow and so is the jersey it just looks like a red eye and then the number but it's like you should know what it is it's not like i don't know it's not this is this is bad man I'm, I'm disappointed i think red white and then really start to mix in that black and white uniform and then if we can get black and white paint on the court i don't think they'll go through the trouble of like making an entire new court to just get a black and white floor that would look awesome when kansas right. comes to town on, on cbs late january let me see a, a, a blackout game and then black and white paint on the court that'll be way better than any yellow uniform that we can trot out there Hear me out. Given given your uh, your hoodie, which I think is sick, I that is my favorite Iowa State logo. Yeah, let me get. Do you think we should get a jersey with that base color and that logo? Because if you don't like the the, the current I State logo, how would you feel about that type of jersey? If it it doesn't have to be a home jersey, but it's probably most likely would be an away jersey. But how would you feel about that type of uh, colorway? Like the tertiary blue, like this color blue. Yeah, and then with that logo. So this is a very divisive color within Iowa State. I love it because again, like this is what I grew up like with the the dog bone collars on the football uniforms and like the, yeah, this logo and the dark blue is just one of our colors. So I have always loved it. I think depending, same. I mean, it's going to be whatever these black and white uniforms. There's still people that like get mad about them. You're going to have someone that doesn't like them. I would love a, a navy blue. Uh, I would say basketball uniform. I think that looks sick. Yeah, I think. I th- I don't know who makes the jerseys. I, who who does make the jerseys? No, I mean I know it's sponsored by Nike, but I don't know like who's who's calling the shots on design. We got to make it happen. We got to yeah. make it happen. We, I'll start a petition. Um, again, we don't have another game till Sunday now, so it's going to be a long week of of no Iowa State basketball. Unfortunately, on the men's side, we do have a game tonight: K State against South Dakota State. I'm going to keep my eye on that one. My Jackrabbits. For anyone that doesn't know. I spent a semester in Brookings, South Dakota, and I kind of, kind of jokingly, kind of not jokingly, follow South Dakota State athletics, and they've always had a good basketball team. TJ would be a great fan of you. Yeah, I mean, I was at TJ's games in Brookings. I was, I was on the yachts train before Cyclones were. So, um, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on that one. That, that could be a trap game for K State there. I, I could see an upset. Um, and then the other one, Nigel, we got to bring this up. Duke, goo. Goo. Oh, are you referring to the Arizona loss? Or are you referring to we have to play Michigan State next? A little bit of both. Caleb Love still getting buckets against Duke, and now you got to turn around okay. and face Izzo. Time out. I, I wore my Caleb Grill shirt today. Okay. All, right? All right. So I will not tolerate any good things said about Caleb Love on this podcast. We just won't let it happen. Um, This is the same man that my man Caleb Grill dropped a, a 30 yeah. burger on. Yeah. You know? And in theory, Caleb Caleb Love on Friday uh finished with 11 points. Had we had Duke not been uh excuse me, had Duke not been in a position where they had to foul, Buddy would have finished with 7 points. So he didn't have that prolific of a game. People are just real social media heavy. He's waving at fans. The kid's annoying. That that's just my two cents. He he was talking smack to Grill last year and Duke got popped in the mouth. So I I don't know when he'll learn. Um, nonetheless, that is a good loss. I mean, Duke is a they're a young team, but um, I think they need to to be able to be humbled because of the expectations this year. 
Um, and I think it's a great learning opportunity uh, early on in the year. And then to have to turn around and go play uh, Michigan State in Chicago, I think it's going to be an even more competitive environment. So I think um, it's only going to do wonders for the team long term. But, yeah, no, I think it, it, you, you look at teams like that who are in game two opening up against Arizona at home and then they get teams like us. It, it is the polar opposite of yeah. like polarizing offseason uh, uh excuse me, non-conference schedules. And, you know, I think that can help and hurt us come tournament time. I think that's how, you know, back in the Brockington year, we end up an 11 seed. It's just because you you're not playing that competitive uh, right. out-of-conference season. You're kind of banking on the Big 12 to really be good again and just pretty much all your conference games are going to be ranked opponents, And which I think will happen. But it's always good to, you know, you, you hope to – it would have been cool this year to be at, at, at Maui. You know, right. and, and see those get get those competitive teams early, like a like a Marquette or maybe maybe even a uh, maybe a Kentucky or something like that. And I, when's the la- I, I'm now that I'm thinking about it, when's the last time Duke has played a blue blood? Was it UNC in the tournament? Duke, like out of conference. Well, no, they played UNC last year, but like when they scheduled just a genuine like like out of conference, like high level top tier one team. I like, I think some of these big teams know they can schedule like another big team and it, it's a quad one loss. Right. So they're like, who cares? And it also like the, you know, committee in March isn't going to like condemn Duke for losing to Arizona in November. Like it's right. so like, it was like four months ago. Like people are like, you're thinking about the ACC tournament or the Big 12 tournament, like it's not even on the radar. So I, I I, do, and Iowa State won't play a top 100 team in Ken Palm till, you know, depending if we beat VCU, it could be the game after that, but it could be as um, Iowa we play on December 7th. So it could be a while till we play, you know, a, a team even close to the caliber of a Big 12 team. Yeah, I think I think this, this, uh, this first half of the season can be, it can mirror the 2021 season, the 2021, 22 season, just because you pretty much went the whole out of conference uh, year undefeated, right? Kill Iowa by 20 and then had to play Baylor and they kind of give us a piece of that humble pie. So um, you you hope that they make the most of these, these non uh, threatening uh, opponents so far. And um, you, you hope that they can just kind of, still make the best of uh what, what they're given and hopefully that it won't affect them once they have to play those uh like you said those 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 tier one teams right and then another thing that i'm just having fun keeping an eye on is depaul who is the big east challenge big 12 big east challenged uh they're zero and two and they've lost to purdue fort wayne and long beach state i was about to say when you brought up stinks. purdue fort wayne i was like didn't they beat yeah, like DePaul? DePaul because they turned depaul over a billion times so if purdue fort wayne is you know giving DePaul hell on defense. I, I don't even want to know what it's going to look like when they play us. Yeah. I, 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 again, it's like, we just keep getting the, in a way, the luck of the draw with getting like pretty much the worst teams in each situation, even in the, the big 12, uh, big East challenge, but um, you got to just make the most of it. I think that's, it's, it's more of an excuse to play hard. It's more of an excuse right. to win big. And I think um, if you, if you're always just playing hard, you know, if you're put it this way, if you're always ready, you'll never have to get ready. Yeah, and I think that's 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 got to be a huge mentality that this team has to carry on if they want to have a successful conference season, and, and that's really got to be everyone's mentality right now. 
Um, I think we're both looking forward to some uh, closer games, some more competitive games out of Iowa State. I really want to see what happens when they, you know, they play a team and it comes down to the wire. I want to see who's taking shots for us. Probably won't be this Sunday. Iowa State plays Grambling. Um, that tips off at noon. Um, ah, yeah, I'm just looking forward to some some bigger names, some bigger teams. Yeah, I, 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 I and it's so hard too because given. Yes, yesterday was a very tough game to to get up for, and it, I know the the Iowa State um, BYU game ran late, and you know a lot of a lot of fans. We, we've been Ames. A lot of people are hungover. Um, right. It's not a lot. Fair. Not a lot of energy in Hilton. Uh, people are dead. So, I mean, it's it's just tough to to kind of uh, rejuvenate in, in in a situation like that so to see how hard they played and to see how convincingly they won it was uh really impressive and uh hopefully they can do the same like next week yeah good things to come i i really like this team i like where they're headed um i expect kind of a another tune-up game against grambling and then let's go to let's go down to florida and see what this team's made of so yeah usually in the Osberger era we've had a good thanksgiving yeah. uh history so I'm, right. I'm excited to see some good basketball uh that week any any uh parting shots before we get out of here nigel uh i don't know i am my I'm, I'm glad you brought up duke so i didn't have to because i would have felt like a, a homer um but <laughs> i i definitely am excited for not just their game but just uh the kansas and kentucky game because uh, yeah those are all just gonna be really good teams this year and i i would like to get a read on kansas early just to right. see how they're they're playing against that tier one competition, so then you can kind of get that measuring stick for how they play against us. So I'm, I'll be excited to watch that game as well. Yeah, I encourage you know Iowa State has a kind of a bye week, so yeah, check in on these Big Twelve teams. Kansas State plays tonight. Kansas plays a big game tomorrow. Houston is playing throughout the week, so get familiar with some of these teams while we have the week off, and let's do it, man. Let's cook. <laughs>